0: Folks in America are getting more dumber. ACT scores is dropping. China's all the plans. You know, Chinese, They've China. They've got it all. Faith and discerning seasons. And all this and more on Self-Evident Podcasts. The ACT scores are getting lower. <laughs> ACT, ACT. A- a- C- <laughs> we's getting smarter in America. I'm so glad we's in Florida with homeschool. Homeschool. We homeschooling our kids. It's a good thing you and I are homeschool because home we're better than, kids. Because it's definitely better we, than public school. We we getting ready for the SATs and the ACTs, and I, my kids gonna SAT the ACTs yeah. and the somebody SAT test. He kept sitting down and kept failing. <laughs> What's going on here? (laughs) Guys, just listen, (laughs) not only have they hit a 30-year low, but some universities have opted to drop admission testing requirements altogether. Because that'll work out well. That'll be great. So because we're not teaching them to be smarter, now we're just going to be like, stupids, (laughs) we'll let them all, we'll let them all in.
1: You know, we can't, we just can't discriminate against the dumb (laughs)
0: High school students results have been declining for six straight years, It's actually been longer than that. Yeah. We've actually oh, dumbed yeah. the SAT scores three times or think. Times, three or I four think. times over uh, 40 years yep, or something. Yep. The average composite score declined by 0.3 points from 2022. The average scores for mathematics, reading and science were below ACT college re- uh, readiness benchmarks. The minimum scores required for students have been a high probability of success in a college level course. Isn't it crazy dude that in America this is what we've been doing yeah. is adopting if they can't do it, we'll reduce our standards and bring them in. Instead of raising the bar and saying, No, if you can't attain it, you can't come. Just like the military, right? So the military. Yeah, you
1: know, or the border, like, oh well, you know, these standards are kind of high. So we'll just lower it down a little bit and then everybody will be happy because we all love lower standards in results, right? Right,
0: right. It's like that dude was saying about the pilots. He's like for for, for the sake of diversity and inclusion, it was a, it was a comedian, I think Rob Schneider said it, when he was like So why can't it just be the pilot that's the best qualified instead of diversity? (laughs) He goes, I kind of like my white pilot who can land this thing safely if he's white. I don't care if he's black or white. If he can land it safely and he's been doing it for 25 years, why get rid of him to bring in someone else? You know what I mean? I've got so many jokes that I could make that I don't want to. (laughs) Anyways, listen, Uh, ACT CEO Janet Godwin. This one's good. She said, we're also continuing to see a rise in the number of seniors leaving high school without meeting any of the college readiness benchmarks.
1: (laughs) I love how she like, she couches it kind of in this like, you know, they're just, they're not meeting the college benchmarks. They're dumb. (laughs)
0: Oh man, <laughs> that one caught me off guard. There. <laughs> I uh, finish her quote because I want to. I, 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 I want to do Turley. Uh, Even as student GPAs really continue to rise, the students report feel uh, report that they feel prepared to be successful in college. Yeah, this is that's just mean. like saying you can just pastor without reading the Bible, right? You can you, preach you without reading what? the words.
1: You t- go for just it. Go with your heart. You've got a heart
0: for it. Use Chat GPT. <laughs> that's what they're doing now. <laughs> they <Some> are <laughs> shocking. Anyways, listen. The hard truth is that we are not doing enough to ensure the graduates are truly ready for post-secondary success in college and career. These systemic problems require sustain. Listen, systemic problems. Keyword, 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 Every keyword. Every time, all that says to these kids is, "You're not the problem. It's the it's system. The system. The system is the, the system's one that's Now, system's been doing this for years." People in the past have had to graduate with high ACT scores to go into mm-hmm. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, all these things. Prestigious colleges, right? So now we drop standards, and it's the system's problem. Because there's crooks and sin and avarice and ambition, it's the cop's fault. It's systemic yes. racism. It's all these things. You notice that? Destroy the institution, then what you do is you create a new institution based on hierarchy. So in other words, now we're saying, since you're stupid, we're going to be your king eventually anyways. This is No, seriously. Since you can't control yourself, we're going to legalize it, and what that's going to do is weaken you. So we're creating a weaker society is what we're doing. And people
1: tend to point at that as a conspiracy theory. Like, oh, you're just saying they're making everybody dumb and submitted. It's like, well, let's look at what the system does. Look at the fruit. Whether it's conscious or not, the fruit is make them more dumb, make them compliant, move forward with that, and then they'll do whatever you want them to do. And they won't question because it's the smart ones who are going to question what is going on and what's happening. The, the Man, I feel like I'm walking through a minefield here, but the dumber you get, the less you're going to question what they're doing. Oh, well, the experts told me just jab myself in the arm 20 times and then I'll be safe. <laughs> exactly. I'll be exactly. safe for so, two months, so no, then I get another and
0: another and another and another. We so, do not care. That's <laughs> right. So then Janet Godwin says this, this is not up to teachers and principals alone. It is a shared national priority and imperative. You listen, know? listen, go for it. Dude, we've been raising money for schools through presidential campaigns for years. We got we need more money for schooling. We need more money, more money. And we're getting stupider. More, we give them more money. You know what I love is... I'm the, saying more stupider on purpose, guys. Yeah. The one group she left out, the kids. Or the parents. Right? Like, think about this.
1: It is a shared national priority and imperative. We, this is not up to teachers
0: and principals alone.
1: Never a... Our kids need to take more responsibility with right. their education. but also,
0: too, that's that whole idea of the, the state owns your kids, not mm. you own your kids, right? Mm-mm. That's the language now. That's yeah. what they're doing. Listen closely. They're saying this is a national issue, not a parental issue, not a kids' issue,
1: not a family issue. See what they're doing? Not a they're, responsibility. This issue. socialism,
0: communism, bullcrap is creeping in like this with this kind of language. Beware of this kind of language. It colors how you see everything, and that's the danger. Listen, Proverbs colors how you see everything. Proverbs is clear, dude. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Yep. We remove God, we kids get, we do just get dumber by nature. You know what I mean? So that's why we're talking about this. When you talk about knowledge and wisdom, the Bible says in James, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He won't withhold it from you, but don't be double minded about it. Ask of God. He'll give it to you liberally, he says. So when we're talking about wisdom and knowledge, that's why you instruct your kids in the fear of the Lord. That's why we teach them commandments. That's, the, as a matter of fact, the scriptures alone can show wisdom to a person. That's when um, in the book of Acts, when it was like a they they said that when they viewed when they saw the disciples they saw them as unlearned and ignorant men but they took they basically took notice that they'd been with Jesus because the Spirit of the Lord was on them and it made them smarter than who they really were that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God right but when God chooses wi- wise people he will use them for his service matter of fact he chooses weak people and make them wise and so we're seeing now these kids who are not raised up in the faith who are not raised up in in, in these things now we're allowing them by the state. To do this now, the state can take care of our children. The state is going to do this. This is all that Kamala Harris or you know Hillary Clinton. You know, it's the Definitely village that Hillary. raises our children. It's not you that raises your children. They're not your kids. That's why you shouldn't know if they want to be uh, uh, transgender or not. If they want to get an abortion, you don't need to know, right? It's child abuse if you don't do this. The state is now saying they're your they're your kids, daddy and mommy.
1: And the worst part is they're not even good at it. So Johnson Jonathan, they suck at Jonathan it. Turley reports I. We get asked a lot, like, okay, what news sources and journalists do you guys trust? We got asked that in the the God-Given Liberty class that we ran, because we're amazing, and we teach. Boom. Uh, Uh, Not to to spike the football, but... But we're amazing. Uh, Gronk Gronk spike. (laughs) Gronk spike. Gronk spike. Spike. One of... One of the journalists that I I appreciate and I like is Jonathan Turley. I also like Matt Taibbi. I love Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. Taibbi's I like Tim Pool. Yeah, these these, Tim these are good too. Yeah, like and, and what <coughs> I like about all these guys is they're more concerned about the truth than their ideology. Now, their ideology can kind of color it sometimes. We all do that,
0: but. As far as the generalization, they're they're pretty even. To all you know? of you who suck at the ACT right now, ideology means your belief system.
1: <laughs> so, okay. so like 80% so right of our high school population. <laughs> it's okay. We we go to homeschool conventions. We,
0: we we we're purposely doing this. Idiots. This is really satirical, but also honest, okay? We're not normally mean. Right. So Turley, well, he mean. reports uh, I mean <laughs> Just let it hang. Yes, let it (laughs) hang. The
1: the latest shocking statistic was released this week that 23 schools in Baltimore City had zero students who tested proficient in math. (gasps) 23 schools in Baltimore City had zero students who tested. Yes, I know. Tested proficient in math. These schools include 10 high schools, eight elementary schools, three middle schools, and two elementary middle schools. The state found that 2,000 students who took the state test could not do math at grade level. Bruh. Bruh. Good pick. The Baltimore public educational system as an example of where billions of dollars have been spent on a system that continues to have appalling scores and standards. Recent data. Get ready for bruh again. Recent data now (coughs) offers another chilling statistic. 41% of students in the Baltimore system have a 1.0 GPA or less. Bruh. 41%. Also discussed how a high school student almost graduated almost graduated near top half of his class after failing every class but three and four years. He had a .13 GPA. His mother objected and went public. He gra- almost graduated top half of his class with a 0.13 GPA. The only reason he even got found out was because his mom went public with it.
0: This is what? the state of your school system. Truth, this is where we're at. This, this is it. Like, homeschool now, your kids. Now, it really is. We were joking about the whole homeschool thing. We we're actually joking about it on the way here. Yeah. We're like, we should just do a whole skin on, like, we love homeschool, not school, <laughs> homeschool. Home school. <laughs> and so we feel in our hearts to warn you. You can send your kids to a public school. And I, I'm with all the guys who say, you know, you send them to Caesar, they become Romans, you know. Right. But we can't force you to, like, decide to do this, right? You got to know that this is what you want to do with your children. However, Satan has no prejudices. He's got a way of getting in somehow, some way. And I'm noticing it exists in Christian schools, too, okay? My kids went to a Christian school, and they were exposed to pornography from friends and things like that, okay? But more than likely, if they go to a Christian school, you can at least have a counselor there, somebody who's going to talk them through it, walk them through it. Hopefully. Right. Homeschooling. At least you have the best shot at like regulating and guarding that yeah. safe gate. Right. You're you're at home now. My kids won't be able to mingle with other socialized. kids. Have you seen modern kids today you on wa- their phones? <laughs> you want them socialized like that? But well, wait, but wait, <laughs> have you seen modern kids? They can't even hold a conversation. They're texting right. each other next to each other. Don't talk to me about them not being able to socialize. Yeah. Most kids today can't even look at you in the face, shake your hand and say yes or no, ma'am. Or no, sir, and or what we're, yes, ma'am. What we're
1: finding is the homeschool kid crowd. As a general rule, they look you in your eyes, respectful. They they're respectful. God willing, they, they have a mature conversation with you. They have their
0: own ideas and thoughts. They they know what they're talking about. And they're we're talking learning. about learning. We're talking about homeschool, not like the free range homeschool. I'm not against it, but there are a lot of kids who are wild in the homeschool oh, yeah, world yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. Now they develop cool. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. Don't let them take the ACT test and let, make sure they sit down a lot to pass the SAT test. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: just to round that out, just to put a cherry on top top spending public school districts are also some of the worst performing school districts. New York topped the per capita. Spending at $24,000 per kid. Mind you, you could say, well, they're really big districts, so you know they have a lot of kids, so they spend a lot of money. No, per capita, $24,000 per kid. D.C. is close at $22,000. Baltimore is often ranked in the top three per capita. Total budget for Baltimore public schools is roughly $1.2 billion. As for a city with a total population of roughly 600000 2015, the school population was... 84,000 kids. What do you That's
0: think? It. Nathan, what do you think? Where's your camera? Where's, where's your That's camera? What, thinks, what do you think? Bruh. What do you think? Where's your microphone? Say it. What do you think about all this? Do you want to be in public school? Is it
1: this one? Okay. Yeah, put
0: your camera on. Angle. Yep. There you go. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm proud of that little boy, man. He's managing the whole podcast right now. His brother was really sick this morning. Yep. He's been sick for a couple days. And Nathan was like, I don't know if I can do it. He's crushing it. You helped. He I mean, we, we helped. But like, he's producing the whole thing, doing all the sound effects. He's doing amazing. So Nathan, come on. He deserves a raise, but I'm not giving. Why did our headphones go super loud? They didn't. Mine did Well, he might have hit your button. Oh, that But could be... he wants a raise, but I'm not going to do it. That's not how the real world works, son. Yeah, there's still six month processes. You you got that's bleed. in the act test. <laughs> you got to
1: <laughs> you got to bleed and die for this organization. That's right,
0: guys. This is awesome. We'll put so, a
1: paycheck on your casket. What's next, buddy? And now word about one of our sponsors, beloved sponsor. We've got Energy Ops LLC. Energy Ops LLC. You need to check them out if you're in the Charleston, South Carolina area, or beyond, or beyond. Actually, he texted me. So he he listened to the the one podcast where you're like, yeah, we need to get him down here. He texted me yesterday. He's like, hey, what do you guys need? Dude, he's He's responding
0: immediately to people in Florida. What do you think he's going to do when you're in the Charleston, South Carolina area? you like that? Michael is the man, and we love him. He's been a sponsor of us for a while. Really, the the ministry's impacted him. But guys, go and support what he's doing. Uh, Energy Ops... LLC, LLC, Energy Ops LLC, give him a call, uh, uh, go on his website, schedule an appointment. He's fair and reasonable, but also very good working, hard, diligent worker, great family man, someone you can really trust.
1: Veteran owned, God fearing man, small business, family. What What else do you as a conservative want to check off in the box? He probably checks it.
0: And right? he supports us. Yeah. What the? But yeah. You, yeah. So do and, it. Go now. Energy Ops. Do it. All right. Guys, for more content, be sure to subscribe on TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. You can find out all of our podcast info. You can go on Spotify, YouTube, any place that you see a platform for podcasting. We're on it, especially Apple iTunes. If you guys want to go there, leave a review. uh, Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up wherever you're at. Subscribe to us. Also on SoundCloud, we got a lot going on. Guys, remember, TheSelfEvidentTruth.com. Check it out. Main topic. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Everybody around us is like, what
1: the heck was that?
0: I have had this (laughs) lingering hacking sensation in the throat for a couple weeks. The throat. The throat. throat. You know, in Minnesota, we used to use something called throat coat. That's what I was always told. It's a T. Throat coat. I mean, you can't leave home without throat coat. You know what I mean? That's what we did. Uh, I haven't uh, had it since. Man. I was like, I could have used some of that uh, stuff a week ago anyways. That's so North Midwest, is it? <laughs> when, what, what I love about our show is that when, when we sit down and prepare, usually Mike's coming up with some topics or he'll ask me. And this is a perfect topic because we're going through it. Yeah. What season are you in? This is a faith topic. Remember, Mondays are faith topics. Fridays are typically the governmental topics. Um, and we're going to have one that's a doozy from the last Friday, but man, it's going to be good. You know, it's, it's, you know, if you have, have not, if, it. Yeah, oh, it, if, but you if you have heard. not seen Fridays, you got to go see Go it. check it out. We're oh not even going to tell you what it is because no, it's, you it's need a, to go back. It's a shocker. Yeah. It's a doozy. And the guest we have on is pretty incredible. We, we love him uh, and his wife. And so it, you just got to go check it out. It's going to be awesome. But yeah. what season are you in? And we've talked about this before, but I think it's a great lesson that we need to teach people on how to recognize it in their own life. Yeah. Um, seasons. What I'm realizing about life right now, and it took me a long time to learn this, that God does things, in a lot of times, seasons. Now, some can be lifers at a company, uh, at a business. Some could be, uh, man, I'm moving up the ladder, so it's a season to be where they need to go, right? Some recognize their giftings early and their, their, their callings early. Some people, it takes maybe 20 years to figure out, man, this is what you're supposed to be doing, What season does God have have you in? Are you in a season of seeking? Are you in a season of trusting? Are you—I think we're always in that season, but I'm talking about where it's a true faith I have to trust the Lord right now because I'm unsure about what's happening. Are you in a season of uh, warfare, a season of true hardcore warfare in prayer, in faith, uh, in declarations of the Word? Is your season one of those, like, I'm just in a really good season— man, I'm prospering right now. God is really, all the seeds I've sown now are, bringing, are coming to pass. Are you in a season of struggling with sin? Are you in a season where God has you? It's like, no, you can't overcome. You can't cross this next bridge until you overcome this thing. And I wanna say something to you. The best thing God could have done with us through Christ is give us the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. I really mean that. If you don't have that in your life, I would get on my knees fast and pray until I got it. Lord, convict me of my sin, Lord. So I don't I want to... David said, search my ways, Lord. I don't want to have any wicked way within me. You know and, what I
1: mean? And what the, the mature Christian will realize is if you don't recognize that sin, you'll go around the mountain again and again. Again and season. again, dude. And people wonder, like, why am I stuck in this? I don't understand. Because you're not recognizing the sin that God is trying to burn out of you. And a season is to teach you something. And when you recognize, okay, I need to learn something in this season, because so quickly we will push against a season that's hard. I just need out. I need out. I need out. And God's going, would would you just learn the lesson that I'm trying to teach you? And then I'll move you on to the next season. The quicker you just submit to that and go, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? The quicker that season will change. And like you were saying, there's different styles of season, but if you can start learning to discern, okay, what season am I in, Lord, and what do you want to teach me here, the smoother it goes. The, the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you're with Him through thick and thin, the more you build relationship with Him. And so I think it's really important for you to figure out, okay, how do I discern the seasons? And when you're walking with the Lord, you will start to sense when a season is coming to a close. I remember when my wife and I were about to move down to Florida, um, we just knew it was time. There was this sense of, yeah, we've done what we need to here and we're moving, we're moving forward and things at her job were wrapping themselves up and she could tell it was a new season that was going to be happening at her job, uh, she was leaving several other people that were really integral were leaving and things were just shifting you know and she could just tell okay it's it's time me for my job i went in there for a season where i was i was brought in there for a transition i was brought in there to stabilize the situation help it develop get it on the right track now my thought was during most of that season, oh, I'm going to grow this. Yeah, like, and, I'm going. And long you wanted form. to buy a couple of your own yep, and yep. grow the business, and exactly. And then uh, Massey ruined my life and gave me a phone call. <laughs> and said, "Hey, come help me with Self-Evident." And, and it's been a doozy. Ever here since. we go. <laughs> and wow! But but after that phone call, Melissa and I started really praying, and I started to see okay, this season's coming to a close. What I thought it was going to be, I can tell that's not where I'm supposed to be going. And I could see this the atmosphere and the environment shifting in the store where I worked to where I wasn't going to be needed anymore. And that's a good thing. And I'm telling you, you, the more you walk with the Lord, the more you're going to just start recognizing, like, yeah, I think my season's changing. Um, but... Beware of the bad feeling season change, where I just hate this and this is awful and this is horrible. So I'm leaving.
0: Yeah, that's
1: that's dangerous. You got to parse through that and get. You through really all do of because
0: that. what if God is bringing you through a season of seeking Him for the next step and it feels like a waste place? Yeah. Now I'm going to give you some promises through Scripture right now, and I want you to kind of bump with me here, um, but. There's a lot of different scripture for the seasons we were just talking about. Here's one of them. I'm in that season two of Lord, what's what's the next step? What's the creative step? what are we doing? How are we moving for self-evident? what you know we want to grow this thing, we want to expand it. I have a new w- uh, life for it. Uh, I, I've always felt self-evident was just a big part of what we do uh, and part of my life and, and a part of the message that we bring as, a, as to the nation, to the states, to the cities. But watch this. You have to be careful you're not cursing the Lord in a season of dry. Because the season of dry is probably one of your best teachers. Now watch. This is uh, Isaiah 45, 18 and on. He says, For thus saith the Lord who created the heavens. I just want to stop. Think, read slowly. He created everything. And you're angry at the season that you're in right now when he created all things. And maybe you're supposed to just sit back and say, Lord, whatever season I'm in, you're the creator. I submit to you. I honor you. I reverence you. I love you. I respect you. you it's, my will is your will. Maybe you need to do that right now, right? He says this. It is he, uh, he is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. Listen, your dry season is happening, so when you overcome that dry season, you're ready to inhabit it. Listen close. Sometimes those seasons of I don't know what I'm doing, if you go through it well and you practice it well, I've failed, man, many times. I'm, certain seasons right now, I'm, I feel like I'm failing. and repenting all the time. Lord, correct my heart. Correct my heart. Because I get frustrated. But it's like, Lord, teach me your way so that I can inhabit the land that I thought was cursed. It's actually blessed. It's just not ready for me yet right? Because he's preparing me to be ready. Oh, that speaks. Yeah. Verse 19, I am the Lord and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in some dark land. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in the waste place. I am the Lord. I speak righteousness, declaring things that are upright. Sometimes when we're in a dry season or a desert season, whatever you want to call it, Listen to what he said. I speak righteousness, declaring things that are upright. Sometimes our tongues and our thoughts are declaring wickedness Mm -hmm. over ourselves, over our family, over our situation, a condemnation in a sense. Why isn't God hearing me? All false, all false premonitions. He says here, gather yourselves and come draw near together, you fugitives of the nations. Sometimes in a dry place, you feel like a fugitive. Doesn't anyone get me? Why do I feel rejected? Ah! You know what I mean? Uh, it says, They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idol and pray to a God that cannot save. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together who has announced from the old, who, uh, who has long since declared it. Is it not I, says the Lord? There's no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There's none except me. Notice he didn't say anything about when you seek me, I'm going to give you everything you want. Just acknowledge me and declare me as God. I'll do the rest. And I wonder if sometimes we go through these seasons where it resets our heart to say, no, you're the sovereign. My will is your will. Let your will be done.
1: Yeah, and notice he, he makes that contrast between the wooden idols and who he is because what we'll do is we'll set up idols in our life. We always hear that word idol from the Old Testament and we think a little statue made out of gold or wood sitting on the mantle and they're praying to it and giving food to it. Today's culture... We don't have that, but we have idols in our life, and your idols may not even look like it. You don't even realize that's what you're putting your faith in. Let me ask you a question. Do you put faith in the Lord that he's going to provide you food, or do you put faith in the supermarket that they'll have food? Do you put faith in the Lord that he's going to heal you, or in that medicine, or in that doctor, or that procedure? I am not saying that you give up your medicine, your doctor, your procedure, your food from the supermarket. But the question is, what is our faith in? What are we putting all of our reliance in? Mm. What are we putting our hopes in? Mm. Oh, I hope that doctor can do this procedure for me. Yeah, that's I, not even faith. Yeah.
0: That's that's it, already losing.
1: That's your idol when we get into seasons, are you looking at your idol, your wooden idol, your your created idol to get you through the season? Are you looking at the Lord going, Lord, you're in charge, I'm acknowledging you, you're ahead of my season, I'm following you, and I trust you with this season? That puts you into a humble spirit. That puts you into a contrite heart. That puts you in the position where then you can receive from the Lord what He wants to give you And you can then step into the next season when he says it's time. Because I don't know how many times, especially young believers, jump their season and they get themselves in trouble. 100%. They hear a word where it's like, you're going to go out to the world, out to the masses. So they quit their job and they move to Africa the next day.
0: Just because the word is there doesn't mean it's for that season. I think, too, if we could take a page, because a lot of people do this nowadays, especially prophets, Don't let nobody despise your youth. And they're trying to do this with the young kids. Listen, y'all Paul was not given the platform till after 13 years of being with the elders, the apostles, take a page from the playbook of the past. Why? Because he had to relearn doctrine. He had to sit with the learned. He had to understand what they were doing. He may not have taken their style on, but dude, he had to learn the scriptures. like, he had to go back and redo things. He had to sit with the apostles. There was something about that. The apostles had to sit with Jesus himself Dude. for three
1: years. Imagine that. They were with him 24-7. It still took them three years, his crucifixion and resurrection, before he breathed on them. Then he still said, wait right. until the power comes. Right. right? So there's what this a great, whole what a great training story. process, right? This whole training process they had to go through. the The pillars of the faith had to do three years with Christ himself. What do you
0: have to do to be ready? You, yeah. You take, it from, take it from experience. I was in a ministry for 13 years when I was young in the faith, a year saved, a year and a half saved. No real formal discipleship. We were just thrown into this. What was exciting about it was we're going to go reach the youth and the masses. Um. And, and, and we're sitting there in the tour buses, and I'm the lead singer of a band, and you realize, I think it was like year 10, I saw, my gosh, I'm in the wrong place, right? Yeah. Doctrine was getting screwed up. Dude, I was saved going in. When I left that group, I didn't even know if I was saved anymore. That's how screwed up mentally I got, because I was not discipled. I was not trained. I was preaching out of ignorance. I was preaching out of lifelessness. Um, I was preaching out of, a, out of a head knowledge instead of a heart knowledge in a lot of ways. But I knew the scriptures well. But God had not yet breathed life on me to go do ministry. God had not yet breathed life on me to go do this. And I think there is something to be said about waiting your turn, knowing your place and position. It's not about despising your youth. It's about training you in your youth. To me, when it says despise your youth, what he's saying is don't look on the young people and say they're not worth it. No, when they're young, train them.
1: They've got the energy. Dude, they have to to be trained.
0: Dude, so when we're 60 and you're 30 and you've been trained 12 years, we can trust that you're going to take some things on that we just can't do no more. You know what I mean? Especially as leaders. Hopefully, I mean, I'm 42 now. You're 37. 37. When we're old enough in the 60s realm or the late 50s realm, hopefully we've raised up enough cats over that next 20-something years where it's like, okay, Not only can they do the stuff we used to do and do it with vigor, they can also add an element of creativity that we didn't have. They can add an element of the now that we didn't have. Hopefully they can add a sense of revelation that maybe we didn't get. Their faithfulness, not perfection, faithfulness, them showing up daily, every day, them doing that gives them a different revelation than what we would have. Hopefully we've trained them well in the, 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 the tenets of Scripture. The, the, the foundations of the faith, understanding what salvation is, understanding the love of God, understanding what grace is and, and what prosperity is, all these other things in a biblical context. Hopefully we've trained them well enough that when they're out there, they're not only well rounded as ministers, they're without blame, like the Bible says, they're without reproach, they're husbands of one wife, they keep their homes well, they, they have a good report of those without, they're sober, vigilant, they're given to hospitality, they're ready to teach the word. Our job is to raise that in these people. And their job is to submit to it and and
1: go the long course because there's plenty of times where this young adult will have vigor and energy of like I'm called to the world. Okay, cool. Maybe. Let's maybe let's train you. No, no, no. This I shouldn't be doing this. I should be up on
0: stage. That right there tells me you're not ready. I think that's the biggest thing, buddy. Is is you and you, you you've experienced this with doing schools and ministry and stuff like that, when people come in and say, no, I'm ready to... It's like you're not following the protocols. There's a reason we have protocols. In our church, we have a thing where it's like you have to be here at least six months before you can participate in anything. Not because we want to get to know you. It's for you to get to know us. We wouldn't want you to jump in right away. You have a problem with our church and then you start spouting it. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And if
1: you despise the training because you don't understand it, you're not going to learn the lessons. This is something especially young people, but I get it from older people too. They despise the training because they think it's beneath them or they think they don't need it or they think this is wasting their time. That's when, awesome. When that's you crazy. despise that training, <laughs> wow. when you don't have faith in what the Lord has called you to, that's the funniest thing is like, well, the Lord called me here. So why are you despising everything that's being put before you? Yeah. Why, are, why are you having no faith in this process and going, well, I don't understand it and my emotions are like, I don't need
0: this, but I'm going to yeah. go with it. You've lost the lesson. That's exactly it. I think, too, this is where sometimes we're in seasons of submission. We always should be in submission to leadership, but I think there's seasons of sit down and shut up. There's seasons of, no, you're not going to be on the platform for a while. There's seasons of, no, I need to be introspective with myself right now. Yeah. And I don't think people realize the importance of the word and the, the, the effect of submission. Submission trains you so well. When you sit back and do nothing as far as, like, the the platform and the stage, it gives you a look at what's going on in your church, in your family, in your home life, how you study, how you pray, um, how you fast, what your desires are on, what they're not on. When you're constantly busy on the platform, you start to see there's two ways you could take it. Some people get too busy, and they neglect the Lord. Some people in their busyness seek the Lord, Joe, Like, you see them actually excel in the things of God, when God has you in a season of sh- sit down and shut up, the submission side, you learn from the greats, you learn from the elders, you learn th- from Christ in the silence. And when you seek him in private, he rewards you openly. Amen. And there are times of that, too, where, and, and this goes for all of us. I mean, I don't, I, and this isn't a, a boast, right? But I don't even preach on Wednesdays anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I used to preach all the time on Wednesdays. I don't think I've done a Wednesday in how long?
1: Not, not in a long time. Right? Yeah. And I'll do
0: a Sunday because, you know, Pastor Todd, when he leaves up, he, I'm yep. the number two, so I'll do Sundays. But I realize it's so important for me to take that time to raise other leaders. But you know what it's doing to me? It's also letting me see who else is ready for that. Who else can we train up right now? I started building an internship program. Like, the, the discipleship side of the church needs to be built in your—for me, in my silence— look around and who you're going to develop because the next 30 years of this church depends on it. And you
1: should be, that's me. You, you should be mentoring, discipling and training up your replacement. If you're in a position of leadership, seriously, actually bringing the and showing them the rope, showing them the highs, the lows, getting intimate with them. If you're the person that's being trained up, shut up. I, I, I'm sorry to be blunt, but shut up. I'm so tired of, well, I've been here six months, and so I should be able And I don't understand why they're not, and I need it, and, and this, is, this is boring. I've been doing and, this for 30 yeah, years. Yeah. Oh, man. Whenever I hear, oh, I have my own ministry here, my own thing here, my own thing, that's great. Sit down and shut up. Yeah, that may not be for here. Yeah. We... We, we need to connect with you and build a yeah. relationship with you and figure out, okay, where do you fit in? Because maybe that season for you was this, right. but maybe this next season, the Lord's actually doing this. And like I said, I'm, it gets frustrating when people are like, the Lord told me, called me here, told me to do this, and blah, 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 and I'm with it, and I'm totally submitted. Okay, I need you to do A, but Why? Why? That's beneath me. And
0: they say they're totally submitted. Yeah, exactly. So then you say, okay, here's the protocol. And they're like, what? Why should I do that? And I think, too, submission does something important in your life to a leader. A leader sees that person's ready. They're not looking for place, position, or authority. They walk in it in their silence. So now they can teach others to do the same. They're ready to take on the next step. Listen to the word submission. Can we just break down the word submission? Submission. I, my mission. I'm sub to the mission that's going on. I am a. I'm, I'm under it, right? I'm substituting my mission for this mission. I'm done with my mission. I'm submitted to whatever's going on with leadership. I've always felt, and nobody ever taught me this. I just think this. This is so good. Real, true leadership and submission and honors those things is really, truly me knowing my place. If I know my place and my position. And I don't go above and beyond that. I just do what I'm called to do. Now, God will give me opportunity to be creative and do all those things. But that took me years of shutting up, sitting down. And I had no problem doing it. Anybody can attest to that in the office and things that I've done. I've had no problem shutting up and sitting down. Because it's not my church. Because this ministry doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. Because I realized in Self-Evident that Massey can't run everything. So he needed to delegate to others to do it. I realize something in submission. I realize where my faults are, but where others have glory. And I can promote them in those positions of glory. That's a leader. When a leader submits to God, he not only says it within himself, I can't do it, but I know exactly who can. That man can be trusted because the gift or the the, the ministry doesn't belong to him. It belongs to the Lord. The Lord has entrusted him with that ministry to find the others who can do what he can't do. That's a true leader. There's no jealousy in it. There's no spark of envy in it. There's no rage in it. There's no like, why can't I do it all? It's a, I know I can't, Lord. So in, in order for me to do this ministry well, I need people to fill this part and this part because I can't. So Lord, can you send those people, Father, with submitted hearts? And you got to pray those people in. And sometimes even in your season where you don't have a ministry, you need people to be with you. So pray those people in. Lord, I need people who can encourage, who can uplift, who can help me. All those things. Submission to something really beautiful. And we look at submission today as a bad word. Oh, yeah. Reverence is pretty freaking awesome if you think about it. When you reverence the Lord, there's, a, there's an honor in it, man. There is. There's a real honor in it. Isaiah talks about it a lot. Um, I, I have a couple of scriptures of it uh, about, uh, yeah, um, just the obedience, the rewards of obedience to God. Just so you guys know, obedience to the Lord is better than sacrifice. Obedience is submission. Sacrifice is death. That's scriptural. Yeah. Sacrifice, you're kicking and screaming to submit. They don't see me. They don't care. They don't want me here. They don't want me this. No, actually, I don't care if you're here or not. I'm not looking for you. If God brought you to this place, then sit down under that place and submit to that place. That's it. There's, no, there's nothing hard about this. You know what I mean? Now, that doesn't give leaders an excuse to be jerks. You know, leaders need to submit to God, too, and lead well. By the fruit fruit of the spirit. So don't be caught up in something that you can't do. Get caught up in what God is doing and say, Lord, what's my role?
1: Right. So seasons. Seasons.
0: And Perfect. and I'm sure we'll cover this again.
1: We'll get more in depth on it. But that's that that's a good taster, right? That's that's a good crash course on how do you handle seasons and what should your attitude be. So be sure to check out the self evident check out our merch, get yourself a book. Might become forged it's still there it's for men it's actually for mothers as well if you want to know your son it's really not that
0: good i'm kidding that's he's got a lot of reviews (laughs) man it's been good it's been good (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) so thank you so much man we love you guys
1: we appreciate all your support your encouragement click share like all the stuff we will see you on friday love you guys